This is Eric from Geeks Crossing, and judging by the title of this episode, I'm once again talking about Digimon, or to be more accurate, the newest Digimon game that just released, Digimon Survive. What can I say about this game, other than taking forever to come out? No joke, the game was first revealed back in summer 2018. At first, I was excited for this game, if not for the music and art style, but definitely the gameplay. Afterwards, we barely seen or heard anything new about this game. Yeah, we had some glimpses every now and then, but it happens at the most random times. It's almost like Bondi was trying to say, Don't worry, this game is still happening. It almost felt like Kingdom Hearts 3 all over again. However, the developers went out their ways to explain the reason behind the game's delay, and that's because they wanted more time to make sure the game was as good as it could possibly be, and for other obvious reasons. It wasn't until April 2022 where we finally got a release date, which was July 29, 2022. In my opinion, that was the worst possible time they could have released this game. Because if you're a hardcore Nintendo fan, then you would know that another game released on that exact date. Of course, I'm talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Obviously, the Xenoblade series has grown immensely popular over the years, so whenever they pump out a new game, fans won't hesitate to pre-order. As for Digimon, it sadly doesn't have the same hype or recognition like it once had, mostly outside of Japan. Doesn't help that this game has become so vague for the past 4 years that chances are, people already forgot about this game after the first teaser. So yeah, in terms of recognition, Xenoblade had the winning edge. No pun intended. But being the more popular franchise doesn't always mean the games are going to be good. But from what I heard, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 did very well both critically and financially. Sadly, I stopped caring about Xenoblade after the first game. Plus, I've always been a huge fan of Digimon growing up, even during its most irrelevant time. And like I said, the developers went out of their way to make this game as great as they envisioned. But the real question is, did they stay true to their word? In this episode, I'm going to be giving a quick review of the latest Digimon game and see if it was worth playing. And whatever I say is just based off my opinion, so if you agree or disagree with some things I have to say, that's fine. Also, spoilers will be mentioned, so if you don't want to be spoiled, go play the game first and come back to this episode. With that said, was Digimon Survive worth the wait? Let's find out. As usual with these review episodes, we of course have to go over the story, and get ready to say deja vu when I explain the premise. Last chance if you don't want to be spoiled. <laughs> the story is about a young teenager named Taguma, who's looking forward to attending a camping trip with his friends from school. During that said trip, they met a professor who's trying to uncover the secrets of... Kimonagami? God, I hope I said that right. Or Beast Gods, according to the Digimon wiki page. Shout out. <laughs> Suddenly, the kids and professor find themselves in another dimension that's nearly identical to their own, except the Beast Gods have physical forms and prefer to be called... Digimon. Who would have thought? Now it's a literal game of survival as the kids try to figure out a way home with help from their new Digimon partners. Like I said, deja vu. Kids are looking forward to going camping, then they find themselves in a strange world, befriend creatures with special powers, and try to survive from any danger they come across. Honestly, it's hard to talk about the story and not think about the anime. Ideally, Digimon Adventure. Then again, that's probably what gives this game an extra charm to it. And to be honest, the story could have worked as its own Digimon series if they really wanted to. However, the story got old for me, fast. Because most of the dialogue you hear from these characters are, Oh, we'll be safe if we stay put. No, we have to take action. You know, stupid crap like that. Speaking of which, I guess now would be as good as time as any to talk about the characters. Full disclaimer, I am terrible when it comes to pronouncing Japanese words and names. So if I butcher any of these names, I apologize. Starting with our goggle-headed protagonist, Taguma. 
He's the concerned leader that tries to figure out the right decision for survival. Although, his decisions not only affect himself, but those around him. His friendship with Agumon was one of the few things I liked about the story. Maybe because it reminded me a lot of Tai and Agumon from the show. Aoi, who acts like the big sister figure of the group. Minuro, who acts like the comic relief, but has a stubborn side. Saki, the generic girly girl, that has a lot of insecurities. Now, it wouldn't be Digimon without at least two siblings. For this game, we actually have two sets of siblings. Starting with Kaito and Mio. Kaito acts like the typical older brother who feels the need to be overprotective towards his sister. And Miyu is the bratty younger sister who just wants to do her own thing. The other two siblings are Haru and Miyuki. Both start off as awkward and quiet, but become progressively more interesting as the story unfolds. Especially Miyuki. Ryo is the token asshole character that does nothing but act rude towards others. Yet, he has a reasonable motive for acting this way. However, the one character I couldn't stand was Shoji. And it's not just because of his anxious and book-smart personality, but this guy was a straight-up asshole to his partner Lopmon, even to the point where he physically assaulted Lopmon for not digivolving like the others. I didn't feel sorry for him whatsoever, even when he got eaten by Lopmon after he dark digivolved. That's karma right there. And speaking of karma, there's three types of answers you can make Takuma give that test his ideologies, and those are harmony, moral, and wrathfulness. Depending on which answer you choose, it will either raise the affinity of your friends, or make them hate your guts. They also affect how the story unfolds, leading to multiple different endings. When I first found out about that, I was like, Damn it! It's Shao the Hedgehog all over again! As if that wasn't enough, your decisions also affect the evolution line of Agumon. Being the adventure fanboy that I am, I was really hoping to see my Agumon become Greymon, Metal Greymon, and eventually War Greymon. And what do I end up with? Tyrannomon. Yeah, I was in deep-ass trouble. I'm not saying Tyrannomon is a bad Digimon or anything, but I can't help myself. Every time I use Agumon in any Digimon game, I always made sure he acquires the Greymon line. Sadly, that wasn't the case this time. So yeah, it goes without saying that every decision you make is critical for this game. Even so, it didn't take long for me to get bored with this concept. Seriously, by the time I got to Chapter 6, I was already done with this game. That's literally half of the game! At this point, I was sick and tired of trying to figure out what the right decision was. Hell, it got so bad that I even zoned out at one point. In my 20 plus years of gaming, I've never zoned out while watching cutscenes. That alone solidifies how slow paced this whole story was. And don't even get me started on the whole time travel paradox they squeezed in. Because that's the last thing the story needed. But how do you unlock the quote unquote, true ending? Well listen to this. You have to beat the game for the first time, then play through it again via New Game Plus, and make sure Ryu has the highest level of infinity by the time you finish Chapter 3. You're telling me I have to go through all that crap again just to see what the true ending is? Yeah, no thanks. I've already lost enough brain cells. Overall, the story had an interesting concept, but it's too slow paced and redundant in my opinion. But what about the gameplay? Well, it's definitely something alright. Right off the bat, I had to praise this game for its graphics. The 2.5 aesthetics really help flesh this game out, especially when you engage in enemy fights. But, as we established before many times on the podcast, the visuals alone aren't enough to give any form of media credit. How does the game itself function? Unlike past games like Digimon World or Digimon Cyber Sleuth, where they're both action RPGs, Digimon Survive does something different by acting as an FTRPG, or fantasy tactical role-playing game if you want to be more technical, where you not only fight enemies to level up, but every fight is like a game of chess. Basically, you have to use each turn to either move your Digimon to another spot, or engage him in battle. Think Fire Emblem, but with Digimon. Hmm. 
you also have to be cautious of where you place your Digimon, because odds are, the enemy will either move behind or right beside you for a sneak attack. The same principle also applies if you want to deal damage. Seriously, attacking right in front of the enemy is one of the worst mistakes you could possibly make while playing this game, and I don't want to recap how many times I forgot that. <laughs> but, if you have any allies near your spot, you could potentially dish out team attacks that can finish fights a little bit faster. Another method is befriending Digimon. Basically, you have the option to reason with wild Digimon and convince them to join your team, or unintentionally piss them off. 9 out of 10 times, that's what happened with me. You can also give your partner's pep talk to raise their stats, which I'll admit was pretty helpful from time to time. But what about Digivolving? How does that work in this game? While fighting, you do have the option to Digivolve your partners. Unfortunately, partners like Agumon, Falcomon, Labramon, etc. are only limited to the forms they become during the story, whereas the Digimon you befriend can only Digivolve with an item called an Alignment Slab, which you can only obtain after certain story events. I use most of my slabs to digivolve the free Geomon you get if you purchase the game within the first 30 days of its release. To be honest, Geomon carried my team all the way through, especially by the time you reached this mega level. Even so, it didn't take long for me to get quickly bored of this gameplay, which is a damn shame because gameplay is why I mostly care about these games. The reason why games like Digimon World or Digimon Cyber Sleuth worked was because they had a diverse approach and replay value. In those games, you could ignore the story as much as possible and level grind your Digimon to get whatever team you prefer. For this game, level grinding and just getting through the game in general felt exhausting. And that's the best word I have to express how I feel about this game. It's exhausting. You either be tired from watching over an hour worth of cutscenes, or trying to bypass the relatively slow gameplay that I almost gave up playing this game. But I had to finish it, otherwise there wouldn't be a point to this episode. Hmm. Believe me, I wanted to like this game. Hell, imagine how I felt when I finally downloaded it. But the more I played it... I kept saying to myself, Oh my god, how many goddamn cutscenes do we need? You could make an argument that Digimon World and Cyber Sleuth also had the same problem when it came to telling their respected stories, but those games at least felt balanced in terms of telling a compelling story and providing fun gameplay. This game relies too much on story and not enough gameplay, which is fine if that's what you enjoy, but for me, the story is one of the many objectives you could do in RPGs, not the main objective. If the gameplay doesn't have at least equal consent compared to the story, that's not worth playing in my opinion. The only other thing I can think of is the music. Let's be honest, whether the game was going to suck or not, we knew the soundtrack was going to be god tier, especially the song they played in the first ever teaser for the game. It really sets the mood that this game is going to be depressing as hell, which can be interpreted two ways. <laughs> Sadly, not even the soundtrack was enough to save this game for me. Just look at how current Sonic games are being handled. <laughs> and that's Digimon Survive in a nutshell. If you couldn't already tell, I'm not a big fan of this game. I know it's unfair that I keep comparing this game to Cyber Sleuth and even the World Series, when it's obviously trying to be its own thing, but I can't help it. In terms of rating, I'm going to give it a 5.5 out of 10. It's an interesting game conceptually with a pretty good soundtrack, yet the story is very slow-paced and the gameplay is very exhausting like I said before. If you love Digimon and FTRPGs that are heavily story-based, then you'll like this game, but if you're a Digimon fan that prefers more action and open-world exploring, that you're not missing much with this game, I hate to say. You're better off waiting for the next Digimon World or Cyber Sleuth X game. God, who knows how long that will be. Anyway, to those who have played Digimon Survive, what do you think of it? You can tell us on our Discord server, and while you're at it, follow us on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us on all available listening platforms, such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. And if you want more geeky content, check out Eman the Legendary, which is also my YouTube channel, 
Yuku your bacons, Courtois games, and Carabyte over at Twitch, and tell your friends and family about us, especially any Digimon fans you know. Thank you for listening, and stay true to your geek selves. Bye.